the Action Network Podcast. Hopes for the new year actually begin with the NFL draft of college players. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want a bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Welcome into the Action Network podcast. We are presented by the FanDuel Sportsbook, your NFL draft betting update one week, one week away from the 2023 draft. Brendan Glasheen, your host, joined by our draft analysts, experts, Luke Swain, Vegas Refund, and Travis Reed. We're joining you every week. We've got a lot to reveal in terms of what we have coming up on the pod. That will come later, uh, but we are, we're gearing up, fellas. We're getting close. We're a week away from the draft. We're joining you midweek, recording on a Wednesday, leading you up to the draft, which starts April 27th. Lead story. It's been now for the last couple of weeks, the odds movement for number one pick, first quarterback to go. Bryce Young is minus 1,200 at FanDuel to go number one. A week ago when we were doing this podcast, he was at minus 300. Things have changed. Bryce has ended his visits. We'll dive into C.J. Stroud. Will Levis is gaining steam. Luke, as far as where we're at now from when we were a week ago, what jumps out to you from an odds movement perspective? Um, uh, it, It's the nothing... I, I think it can be assumed that Bryce is the number one pick at this point. Um, crazier things have happened in terms of like Powell, I guess you could say, from NBA. But really, I'm, I'm kind of the number one pick. I'm kind of just assuming it's Bryce where it really gets crazy with what's going on with the number two pick uh, now where there's a hundred different scenarios that it could go. And based on whichever scenario happens, uh, which we just got added a, an additional scenario with Trey Lance, um, the entire top 10 can be completely different depending on who goes to. Um, the only certainty, I think, not a certainty, but what I feel strongest about is probably that CJ Stroud isn't going number two right now, uh, where it might be a D-line, a trade, or Levis. Uh, but also that can change by the time we're ending recording here. Um, so as of this exact moment, that is my only lean on that pick. But number one pick kind of feels like it's wrapped up at this point, and we're just moving on to the rest. Travis, you have a take on what the Trey Lance report today from Rappaport means. We'll get to that, but... Reaction to where we're at in terms of the number one pick market, Bryce Young, the favorite, and we'll dive into the intricacies of Stroud and Levis. But your latest developing opinions, Travis Reed, on what's uh, what's happening here since we last talked. Yeah, obviously not great for the portfolio. That if Bryce does go number one, we were all kind of rooting for anyone but him. But uh, <laughs> you just kind of live with that. Uh, I think the biggest update is, yeah, the hinge point of the draft. We always thought that was going to be three with Arizona would they trade down would they just take Will Anderson and now it seems like Houston is not set on taking a quarterback at two so that hinge point has moved up a spot so now that's really where the draft begins um do they take a quarterback do they trade for a quarterback do they take a defensive player do they trade down there's a ton of different options there 
uh, and something hopefully we'll learn in the next week uh, that what Houston's plans are, and that'll kind of let us set the rest of the top 10 and the, really the draft from there on out. We've been documenting a timeline of quarterback visits, and more so at this point, Stroud and Levis, because as we said up top, that Bryce Young has now ended his visit. So for C.J. Stroud, five days ago, met with the Colts. Last couple days, Panthers, Falcons. But again, it feels the Panthers are they're just doing their due diligence with Young likely going one there. Levis visited last Friday with Atlanta, and then early this week, Colts and then Panthers. So Panthers' last-minute visit for Levis, the last-minute visit for Stroud happening today, Wednesday, with the Atlanta Falcons. I have heard that he has not done well on them at all. Um, Hasn't done well at his visit with the Falcons. uh, No, other teams. Well, Falcons happen now. Um, I've heard that his meetings with some teams in the top five have been pretty bad. Um, And yeah, that can be taken for whatever it's worth. And who knows, could be completely wrong, but. That's all. It would, yeah, it would explain <laughs> this kind of overall feeling that Stroud is falling um, because all the tape is there, all the, you know, I mean, you look at the games against like Georgia and things like that, you're like, wow, he looks really good. So why is he falling? That would explain, you know, the things behind closed doors that we're not seeing where he's not doing well. That would explain the overall sentiment on him being down. Yeah. And, the, and like there's when we discuss like, which we're going to get into later, like when players are like rising and falling, there's yeah. like two types where like there's players rising and falling because we in the media were just wrong on them. Like, it's not like these teams of all this had all of a sudden they're like, Oh, player X, he just played yesterday. He looked great. Like, it's not like all of a sudden these guys are jumping up draft boards because teams are realizing something. It's really just us having these players propped up or too low mm-hmm. and last second realizing that they're better than what everyone's been uh, the perception has. And then there's guys like Stroud who are actually, there's things that are happening that could be making them fall uh, where we might've been right. And he's just blowing it. Um, so it can be taken two ways. Jim Irsay is having fun with the people on Twitter. And that's worth bringing up because the Colts hold a number four pick and they are the favorite. Well, the pick favorite at four is now Will Levis at plus plus one fifty, as you both highlighted. Will Houston go defense? Will the Cardinals stay put at three and go defense? Will Anderson, the favorite to go two and to go three at FanDuel? Anderson, Stroud, co-favorites at three, both at plus 250. But uh, to to bring in the Will Levis component and why Stroud has fell, Luke, what, from a betting perspective, how do you wrap your head around the, of course, the reporting but now with the, the the market shifting where Levis has now emerged as a legit threat to Stroud going ahead of him. Levis odds, I want to say last week or two weeks ago, like they're 20 to one. And I think they're all the way down to like plus 300 or he's the second favorite for number two. He's the favorite for number four. Where at this point, like, I don't think we have any type of certainty where that would make Levis like a value play. But at the same time, like if you do believe it and you do get info, Levis plus 200 or 300 today could very well become Levis minus 200 tomorrow, which would make that all of a sudden value. But I think right now, based off of the odds with Levis, it's really not worth worth it. Um, I still think, like I would say D-line should, is the favorite and then Levis close behind where, like I do a mock draft, like I've mentioned every night and, the last two nights, I've put Levis at number two. Um, so 
I think it's possible. This whole Trey Lance trade idea kind of, to me, um, I don't want to like bind to these things happen, but we we were talking on Slack earlier. It's like, is it worth bringing up? And then I said, no. And then since then (laughs) it is, I feel like it's starting to get legs where this whole trade scenario with Houston kind of confirms the fact that they might be taking a quarterback at number two. So the trade doesn't happen. Maybe they take Levis. The trade happens. Then they'll probably go someone like Anderson or Tyree um, where Anderson's plus 200. Levis is, I think like plus 250. Um, Yeah. Travis, why don't you take this time now to weigh in on this particular uh, market and we'll, again, we're going to get into the defensive line angle next because that is where uh, it feels like Houston's going with D'Amico Ryan's defensive-minded coach. Not going to go quarterback, possibly defense, D-line. We'll dive into that aspect, but you've got thoughts here on this Trey Lance report, which I can uh, read for you. The nine, This is from Ian Rappaport. The Niners have received inquiries from several teams. There's that several teams line again. Schefter had that with the Cardinals, too. Uh, several teams in on a potential trade for former number three overall pick Trey Lance. The conversations have been the result of San Francisco fielding the calls. They're not making them teams aware. This last part to me is, is wow. It's alarming just from a, they're, they're kind of done with Trey Lance. According to this teams are aware that Brock Purdy is likely the future starter and he's already hurt. So who knows his future, but Travis, you do think this has an impact on what we could see at the top of the draft. Yeah, and I think it makes more sense, maybe not for the top of the draft, but those teams that were looking to trade in, like instead of like Tennessee having to trade a haul of picks to move up into that top five to make, you know, mm-hmm. to get a quarterback that they want, they can probably trade a day two pick to get a Trey Lance, who's who's only 22. Um, I mean, this Hendon Hooker thing at 25 coming off an ACL, you can get a guy who's three years younger, uh, you know, with the second or third round pick. So I think these... I mean, yeah, I think Trey Lance has to be in play for some of these teams that are looking for a quarterback, especially if they're not in love with a Stroud because of his bad meetings. If they don't think Anthony Richardson is ready, but their roster is pretty good to contend right now. Um, you know, he's kind of still a mystery box. We haven't seen Trey Lance play a ton of games, but he's he's going to cost less than some of these other quarterbacks that are also mystery boxes. So I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, it'd be really funny if the Raiders just had Jimmy G and Lance again on the same team. I don't see him doing that, but that would be the most hilarious outcome. But yeah, one of these teams that doesn't have a long-term answer, if they want to take a shot on Lance, it makes all the sense in the world. Feels like the Colts too, bringing the Colts back into this. They've been connected to Trey Lance in some fascinating ways uh, leading up to when he was drafted by San Francisco, but the Colts were interested in Trey Lance couple years ago. So that, that's a factor I, too. And I don't know if this is like an angle that's just overplayed by everyone, but like all of the trade scenarios that make the most sense with Houston are in division. So like Titans and Colts are the ones that make probably the most sense from everything that we hear. Great point. But like then you have the whole teams don't want to trade in division, which I think Jeremiah had a tweet where the potential trade partners that – Houston could have or the potential quarterbacks that they might pass on their division rivals could be very likely to have them, um, which could be like a whole backfiring aspect in itself. So. So at number two, the Texans based on this market adjustment, market movement, whatever you want to call it, since we last chatted with the people a week ago, the Texans are now 
probably going defense. Now, Will Anderson's the favorite to go number two, not by much, plus 200, as you both have highlighted. Stroud, plus 250. Levis, plus 250. Tyree Wilson, his name is at plus 400, so he's moved up the board here. Luke, you have a pick you want to weave into this as well. What the Texans might do at two, and you sort of uh, adhered to it a bit, it it gets complicated because, say, someone does want to move up. Do the Texans really have interest in trading within the division to give uh, Tennessee or to give Indianapolis a leg up on their future at quarterback? So your overall thoughts on what – you have a pick in in the middle of this here too. Yeah, so I'll have two picks. I'll I'll give one out now, and then I'll give one out – at the end of the show, but I think one is worth a stab. Actually, doesn't have to do with the pick, uh, but Tyree Wilson, first defensive player taken. I think he's going to be like plus 300 right now. Is definitely worth a bet. Uh, Zerline has been uh, a common theme of any podcast you listen to because, honestly, he's been great replying to a ton of tweets. But everything that you hear, like number the Texans could go D-line and the Cardinals could go D-line, right. uh, where – Zerline had Tyree ahead of Anderson uh, in his mock a couple weeks ago. And then you also are seeing some things about Anderson's measurables or like his quote unquote bend isn't what teams where the upside of Tyree is a lot higher. And Tyree feels like someone that is on the rise uh, that is very much in that range that you could see going and at like plus 300, which it's honestly not terrible value. It's never gotten crazy high i think the highest it ever got was like plus 500 or something but uh, it does feel like anderson's stock even though he should it should be the favorite is somewhat coming down where everything that we're seeing is kind of leveraging tyree to go two or three which i prefer first defensive player odds because if a qb goes two i think tyree's very much in play for the cardinals over anderson but at the same time, we got Zerline pumping Tyree up where the most interesting part about how Zerline has talked about comparing Anderson and Tyree. Yep. So I forget if it was on a podcast or it was a tweet reply. Uh, but he was speaking to Tyree having a good chance to go ahead of Anderson. But at the same time, Zerline is someone that values his rankings a lot. And he has Anderson ranked ahead of Tyree in his like big board, um, which speaks to like, that's what he thinks teams are going to be doing, which the fact that he's like admitting to Tyree going ahead of Anderson, even though he has Anderson ranked ahead, just tells me like teams could be higher on Tyree. So plus 300, definitely worth a bet. That makes sense too, because as you, as you mapped out, if indeed they do make a deal, meaning the Texans and trade out of two, that still gives you wiggle room for the Cardinals to select. And now looking back on it, that Zerline mock draft from early April, isn't all as drunk as we thought, huh? Young one, Tyree Wilson, two, Anderson, three. Now if Stroud goes to the Ravens, I have not, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think CJ Stroud has met with the Ravens in a visit, right? Has that happened? Uh, his visits are definitely picking up, which speaks to like, true. it seems like a last ditch effort. So I don't, I don't think the Ravens have met with him. I think the Ravens have met with, I don't know, but Richardson, they've met with Richardson. I'm pretty sure they're, yeah. uh, but they, they have not met with, um, with, with, uh, with CJ Stroud, but the top three is looking kind of enticing now, if they, but now if there's no deals, of course, no trades and they just go one, two, three quarterback, two defensive players, and that could set up the Levis smoke, which that's what Zerline did not have uh, in his um, projection earlier on. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, Travis, your latest thoughts here on if you have, if you have a pick, please please uh, fire away. But number two pick, Texans, Cardinals, defensive player. How it all works its way back to the to the Levis stuff too. Yeah, yeah, I think it's tempting to try to take shots on who's the number two pick going to be, who's the number three pick going to be, who's the number four pick going to be. But I think Luke played it the right way and just selecting, okay, who's the first out of these, out of the groupings, because it's still a mess because we don't know if those trades are going to come in or not. So we don't know if a QB is going at two. Um, the way we've been talking about it sounds kind of messy all through that two through five range. It's because it is. So it's kind of tough to predict exactly like slotting in a player at each spot, but you can kind of say, okay, I think this guy's going ahead of this guy. That's where you want to make your bets right now, rather than just try to actually nail the one, two, three, four, maybe by next week, we'll have a better idea of, okay, now we think we can actually hit all those, but I think there's just too many moving parts. Um, you know, too many quarterbacks that have to kind of fall off the carousel before we can start to say, all right, I'm plugging this guy at two, plugging in this guy at three. So you're better off, I think, taking bets on, you know, first defensive player. If they have a second quarterback market, you want to take your bet there rather than plugging them in at two, three, four, or wherever he may be in the top five. Okay. What's our latest feeling on the Cardinals? Has anything changed? We don't really know. I mean, that Schefter report, they were like the talk of the draft because everyone felt it was like, okay, it's going to be either Stroud or Young. And at that the time, of course, we didn't know. It was kind of going back and forth. Stroud was the favorite. Then, of course, everything flipped. But now I feel like the Cardinals are on the back burner of the news cycle, Luke. It always feels like when trades are talked about the most, they never happen. And then when they're not talked about, everything goes off the rails where yeah. like the Cardinals trading out of three has been one of the strongest storylines from day one where – I think multiple quote unquote experts have like deemed them a 99% chance of trading out. Uh, but as like within the like, last week, and it really has to do with whether the Texans are going to take a quarterback or not. It does feel like it has become less likely where the Cardinals might just be stuck where you hear about these quarterbacks potentially falling uh, with the value of number three, not being what it was perceived weeks ago. Um, where if the Cardinals are stuck, like you would assume it's either one of Anderson and Tyree, um, but it really hinges on if Stroud's there, if Stroud's there, he's not there. Someone wants to trade up for someone like AR. Like it, it is chaos, but it does feel like it's become less likely than what's been perceived this entire time. And they might be might get stuck because of based on whatever the Texans do. Mm-hmm. Travis, is it just simple for Arizona to take the best uh, man on the board? So if it's not Wilson, they they settle with uh, uh, they set they settle with uh, Will Anderson, or do they just take the best available player? What do you think Arizona's doing at this point with, with no with no real news in the last week or so? Yeah, I, I think they still want to trade down. I think yeah. Schrager mentioned in his mock, you know, they want to get out of that pick, but if the whole market is down on you know, the quarterback position relative to what we thought a couple of weeks ago, their picks just not as valuable as we thought it was. So if nobody is 
itching to move up to number three, they're just going to have to take that best player available. Uh, that, I think that's got to be one of the edge rushers. They could go corner if they really, really liked one of the top two guys, but I, I'd be pretty surprised if, if they don't trade the pick, if they don't take one of those top two edge rushers. And the market reflects that. Number three pick over at FanDuel, Anderson, Stroud, Richardson, all at plus 250. So there's just there's no play there based on right. what we've discussed. Yeah. Okay, this, now this I'm looking forward to, the uh, Peter Schrager mock draft. I, I always like when we come on here, we've, do, we've this is what, our fourth, fifth episode now doing the these betting uh, updates, these NFL draft betting updates. And we don't always get a fresh mock, but fresh off the press, Peter Schrager, as of yesterday, yesterday morning, latest mock, he's got Bryce Young one, he's got Stroud going two, Cardinals take Anderson, and he echoes exactly what you both talked about as far as if there's nothing there, so, uh, take the best available um, smart, safe pick in Will Anderson. Wilson goes to four. I haven't said Will Levis's name yet, but we'll, we'll just we'll skip on down. And you guys, of course, can tell him if there's anything else you'd like to fill in the blanks here on the on the Schrager mock. But there's Hendon Hooker, number 11 overall to the Tennessee Titans. And this goes back to the market of over under quarterbacks taken in the first round at four and a half. There was significant, significant juice on taking the under four and a half. And now it's kind of shrinking where uh, it could possibly go either way with this Hendon Hooker stock rising. Over four and a half is at minus 102, under four and a half, minus 130. And of course, there's some Cardinals uh, tie-ins well in, in there as well. Some Arizona Cardinals tie-ins as well there. Uh, Will, um, not, you're not Will Levis, you're Luke Swain. Luke, do you have thoughts on this mock? And by the way, Levis going 12 to Houston. So he's got Hooker at 11, Levis at 12. So overall, I thought it was less crazy than I think everyone made it out to be outside of the quarterbacks, uh, where like everything else, like it was just kind of against the grain, but you it b- made sense. And Schrager is co- one of the more connected guys in terms of the mock drafts. Uh, he is a very good schmoozer from everything that I heard. Like he wines and dines guys um, have confirmed that his connect at the Cardinals is still there. Um, but the thing with Hennon Hooker is, and I, for me, I just refuse to bet the over, but I'm also too scared to bet the under or excuse me. Yeah. Under. Um, and the thing you want to look out for over the, like the next week as mock drafts come out and it definitely feels like Hennon hooker has a ton of momentum, but if we start seeing mock drafts that are putting Hennon hooker to the same team, for me, that means something that means something um, where these mock drafts, these guys, like the, the key guys, like the Jeremiah's, the Schrager's, the Brewers, they put him to the same team in all of their mocks, that means that tells me like something is known, but if we just have guys putting hooker in the first round to a different team on every mock, uh, basically because they think he's worthy of a first round pick, that's when I like, don't totally buy it. Um, and that's just kind of like something that maybe it's like a copycat mock draft product. Uh, but hooker at 11 would be nuts. Uh, but at the same time, in another thing you want to note with these mock drafts is like, they want to like, the mock ratings are becoming popular after and they want to get it right. And player to team, like if you predict a specific player to a team, mm-hmm. no matter what the pick is, you get X amount of points. So you will see mock drafts that are like 
putting specific player like where Levis to the Texans. Like you hear plus that the Texans, you hear that the Texans love Levis, which everyone's implying number two. But the fact that Schrager put him at 11, 12, was it? Yeah, 12. 12. Hooker 11, and then Levis 12. Yeah. And then Anthony Schrager, Richardson to Seattle at the top of the draft. Schrager putting him to the Texans just in general kind of confirms everything that we've been hearing that they're high on him, uh, whether it's that. And then we just got to figure out if it's possible at two or not. But that was the other thing I got out of it. And then he had uh, to the Cardinals, he had Tyree, which mm-hmm. that is like first thing you should look at is who he puts to the Cardinals, which him. Well, and that, re- and that reflects your confidence in Wilson. Never mind what team he goes to, but first defensive player off the board. Yeah, which Anderson went first in his mock for what it's worth. But oh, um, never mind then. But which if he had put a QB first, um, but basically, who knows? Um, but his and he, he had a kid, so he hasn't done a lot of mock drafts and he's back in it and he still has one more to go. And he is notorious for his second to last mock draft being crazy because he kind of created the idea of leveraging reactions from everyone. The crazier it is, the more reactions you get from people that he respects, and he kind of uses them to um, make his final mock draft as accurate as possible. So this is the the mock before the mock. Correct. All right. Very good. Travis, thoughts on this uh, latest mock that we are, and we look at different, we've looked at different mocks over the course of the, of the podcast and these betting uh, draft betting updates from Peter Schrager. Anything jump out to you? I mean, the Hinden hooker thing, I still just don't understand um, like at all. <laughs> I just don't get it, but it's one of those things we, we talked about in one of the early episodes. It's not what you think it's predicting what the NFL teams think. Yeah. So um, I guess he's in a, in the first round conversation. So I'm kind of in the same boat as Luke. I'm not going to take the over or the under the four and a half there. Um, I thought Quentin Johnson falling to 32 was interesting because we have seen some other reports that teams aren't as high as him and really just the wide receiver market in general was kind of overrated by the media, especially at the beginning of this whole process. And maybe there's not as many receivers going to go in the first round as we originally thought. And that, that kind of backed that up a little bit. So that was one thing that did catch my eye um, is this whole receiver thing. Still hoping JSN goes first and he has that. Um, but maybe, you know, that backhand of the draft, there's maybe only two or three other guys that go. Um, so that, that was one other thing that caught my eye about Schrager's mock. And trying to connect some dots to Schrager's mock from Schrager's do- uh Doc Schrager's mock to the uh, market team to draft Hendon Hooker. Tennessee's at ten to one, and they are uh, same odds as the Patriots, same as the Buccaneers. The Vikings are the favorite to land them. So, and there was no way, and I, I didn't see what those odds were prior to his mock coming out. But okay, those odds definitely got crushed by anyone reading it, just wanting it because Hendon Hooker's. Um, Odds are high everywhere because they really don't have an idea. And just to pivot off of what Travis said about um, Quinn Johnson, um, that is one of the markets that I do have. I had interest in a couple of days ago because you hear him falling, um, which I believe I bet is over when it came out on Caesars. And you hear him falling and maybe not even making it into the first where Schrager, like I think in the, this happened last year and I forget who it was, but like you see a player working out with Mahomes and all of a sudden everyone starts tweeting it and, 
and all of a sudden the chiefs become the favorite to take this guy just because he's catching passes in practice. But um, you see Quentin falling maybe out of the first, which Quentin Johnson team odds are high everywhere. No one has any idea and they've been up forever and targeting a team in the early second round. There are some really juicy ones um, where teams like that have are the trendy wide receiver teams in the first round. We have, Actually, we have Texans, Giants, Vikings, Texans, Chargers, Ravens, Vikings, Giants. Yeah. I mean, in Cardinals, Cardinals, even the Cardinals, which the one that caught my eye the most was Cardinals to get Quinn, which at the time a week or two ago was like 25 to one, um, where that could be anyone's game, could be anyone trading up. So if you think he's a great fit or you think someone in the early second round, um, or even the Chiefs, I guess, could target Quinton. Like, I, I, there are definitely some long oh, I shots see, in those. I see your point. You're talking early second round now, in case he does fall there, right? So that would yeah, because right. his I, okay, his odds have been priced out as if he's going in the first. Uh, which it. the teams in the early second got it. He, like the favorites are the back end first round. And if he doesn't even go there and he falls to the early second, then you got teams in the early first that haven't been priced into Quinton that have the opportunity to get him or trade up that are in like the twenties. Got it. 20s one. Makes sense. Right. Cause in Minnesota and the giants, those teams, I said those teams because uh, that would reflect bottom half, the bottom third right. of the first round. And that in the market at FanDuel, I'm looking at it now, it reflects that Minnesota plus 500 giants, 10 to one Ravens in the middle, uh, sandwiched in between, they pick at 22 plus 600. Yeah, I see your point. Yeah, it gets interesting because the Rams are at 36 and they're 10 to 1. Texans and so on and so forth to echo your point. Okay, very good. Um, so Peter Schrager, latest mock draft. You can find that at uh, at NFL.com. If we, just as a reference point when you listen to the podcast, that's what we're looking at. Came out on April 18th. Let's go to our friend Lance Zerline. We always it's like it's like the Zerline uh, Zerline minute. We've got to come up with something because we always bring up Zerline on the uh, on the pod. And you mentioned you've mentioned this in previous episodes, Luke, that you're just like blown away. I just smacked my table and now my camera went flying. Uh, you're blown away by the the way he replies to people on social media and he gives legitimate info. And it could just be like one word, like example. Someone asked him about B. John Robinson, the running back, if Dallas has any chance of landing him. Of course, Dallas moved on from Zeke Elliott, yada, yada. Jerry Jones would love himself a star out of Texas, right? And he just drops an unlikely. Like, that's that's worthwhile information. But what there's got to be some other things that jump out to you and just his approach to it in general about how to use that info to maybe bet and look at stuff. Yeah, and he, he'll just give like a straight no. Like, is right. The player X going to go be ahead of player Y and just goes, no. <laughs> but, like, it's better. That it's like, which that's info. That's great. Like, um, I don't know. Like, I don't think you want to take those, like, straight up no's in the terms of, like, the context that some might perceive it as, like, 0% chance. I think he's just, like, firing off tweets. Mm-hmm. But, like, it, it's great because people in his, like, role that everyone looks to for mock drafts and his expertise, like, don't reply to the majority of the replies he gets on his stuff. And there are some diamonds in the rough hundred uh, percent. He has, like, there was one, a couple like last week, I want to say where you had to like connect and you have to connect a few replies 
where he was kind of going into, he was saying it was going off of Bryce going one, but then he said that there's 0% chance that Levis goes ahead of Stroud. But then at the same, then he replied to another one saying one of the quarterbacks of the top four falls out of the top 10, which if you connect those dots, that means Bryce is going one. If Stroud is ahead of Levis for him, then Stroud would be the second quarterback. But the fact that he's comparing it to Levis means that the quarterback falling out of the top 10 would be Richardson in his opinion. So like, that would be like the dot connecting. Um, and it should be taken that like, he is the best connection we have to the Texans but at the same time. Right. He can't, like, you would just have, like you have to take what he says for what it is the same time don't just automatically be like firing off bad space off of every reply he has like we don't know the level we have like a new front office there or not a new front office we have a, a new head coach we don't know the level of sources he has relative to previous years and we don't know if this is just his opinion because he definitely has a strong opinion on a lot of guys um so definitely look in his replies but at the same time make sure you're not overreacting because there are a lot of replies <laughs> Lots of them. It, see, like that's a tool for like Twitter, Elon. If you're listening, you, I'll take credit for this. Like, there should be a a favorite like like button, and then there should be like, well, I guess that's a bookmark. That's new. So I give, I guess I give Elon credit there. That's what the bookmark would be for. You you got to bookmark some of these, and then throw them into the into the blender, and then it spits out what you think is going to happen. So that so I guess I take it back. It's not innovative, Elon. You've already done this. It's the uh, the bookmark <laughs> is now the new like. For this kind of thing. Well, yeah. It's been sure. around for a while. Yeah. Has it really? I, yeah. It might be pre-Elon actually. So. Shit. I didn't know that. I started seeing bookmark up and I'm like, what it, the was, this? it was kind of the, it was, the option was buried. He made it more visible for sure. Okay. Anyway. See, okay. Fine. Fair enough. Travis, anything you, you read into Zerline at all? Have already any update? Like again, the B. John Robinson just responds to a, a tweeter. Unlikely. One word. In and out. That's it. Yeah, it's 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 great information. Uh, I think Luke already hit on that. It's it's pretty cool. There's like you said, there's nobody else that does that. Imagine if you could just go into Schefter and just like, hey, ask him anything about the league, and he just told you straight up, yes or no. How awesome that would be! Like that would just, and that's kind of what we have. Uh, again, it's not gospel, like Luke said, but there's a lot of information you can wean out of those out of those tweets. So. If you're listening to this, we talked, like I think I was on the very first episode, there's answers out there. That's a good place to go get some. Um, you know, you can at least get one guy who's plugged into the league and he'll give you some answers of what he thinks is going to happen in the draft. And that's super valuable. I mean, I go through their likes too. Like I go through Jeremiah's likes on a nightly uh, basis. But see, you're straight I mean, up stalking some people. I love it. Have to. It's TMZ time. uh you guys had some thoughts on the falcons at number eight as i said earlier the falcons are welcoming in cj stroud for a visit today and uh they have met with levis as well but it feels like if they're going to stroud does that i guess the 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 order of visits too i always find kind of fascinating does that mean like their previous visit they're like all right we're just doing due diligence or like actually we kind of we actually think we have a chance at this guy so it changes your your approach. Um, so CJ Stroud as of Wednesday, April uh, 19th in the building for the Cardinals. Luke, you've got thoughts on whatever, uh, what the uh, Atlanta might be doing at eight. 
yeah, the, the late visits are very telling, specifically Stroud, where whether it's a last-ditch effort for himself because he thinks he might fall or yep. teams thinking he might fall uh, to them or maybe implying that he might not go where they thought and he could trade up. But right. there's a couple trendy picks. Bijan has been one of the more trendy picks to the Falcons um, at eight, which I don't – I just can't get behind totally, at least at his current odds because I think he is the favorite. Yes, he uh, is. But, Plus 250 at FanDuel to the team to draft Bijan Robinson Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, and I, I think the Raiders and Falcons are live if a quarterback falls for a team to trade up, whether it's like a team like the Titans or maybe even the Texans if they go D-line and they don't do a trade uh, with like for Trey Lance, let's say. But Nolan Smith is the one that's trending for the Falcons, which I think that is a hot trade spot because Nolan Smith is a guy that they've very likely would get if they traded with like the Titans, let's say if they just swap picks and Titans traded up to get someone like one of the quarterbacks that's falling. The Falcons could very well get Nolan Smith at 12 or 11 or 12 at the same time. Uh, but you, the names you hear are Nolan Smith, Lucas Van Ness, uh, and that Bijan. And I think O-line is somewhat of a dark horse um, as well, which I don't think Schrager put O-line there. No, he put O-line to the Raiders, which is a dark horse too. Uh, but Nolan is definitely the pick for the Falcons trending very hard, whether it's at eight or like 11 or 12, um, which I think it makes a total, total sense. Travis thoughts on the, uh, the Falcons, what they might be doing is they've got Stroud in for a visit today, but any other position uh, that you might find actionable or something that you're keeping an eye on? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, I still wouldn't, rule out Jalen Carter falling there. Um, although it looks like in the last week, maybe teams have kind of gotten over some of the, the bumps and bruises that he had early in the process. Mm-hmm. I do find it weird that like when Lamar became available, Atlanta just straight out came out. Oh, we're not interested. We're going with Ritter. But now that, okay, Stroud might fall to them. They're going to take some meetings and things like that. That's kind of an interesting double-sided <laughs> like why would you not be interested in Lamar to upgrade your quarterback but you are interested in drafting one of these guys but I do think you want to take as many of these meetings as you can find out you know everything you can about these young quarterbacks and see what you want to do but I would agree that defense is probably the most likely pick here still for Atlanta you know it's always fun when and by the way the latest on Jalen Carter could call to bring him up and I'm on his Twitter page right now. It's not Zerline. It's Adam Schefter. Georgia defensive tackle Jalen Carter visiting the Falcons today, which was yesterday. We're recording on April 19th. This occurred on Tuesday. Jalen Carter visited the Falcons Tuesday. So he's now visited with every team picking between five and 10. Seattle, Detroit, Vegas, Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia. So I want to bring up something Luke said, and I I laugh because it's like kind of right on point, but now I'm kind of curious what your thoughts are. Adam Schefter, in the last, since we started recording, Boston College wide receiver Zay Flowers, Mel Kuyper's number 10 overall prospect, Schefter throwing a bone to his colleague. He's in Texas today to work out with Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes at the request of the team, per source. This is exactly what you laid out. Flowers (laughs) believed his pre-draft process was over after visiting with the Titans on Tuesday until the Chiefs called and asked him to meet up today with Mahomes. (laughs) <laughs> that oh, that man. almost feels made up based on what or you almost knew something like this was coming i didn't even see that and i didn't know that i was just seeing it <laughs> which i don't think zay would make it to 31 so 
you would assume. So, I mean, that would be a, like Chiefs would have to trade up for today, I think. <laughs> That's hilarious. So you don't think there's anything to it because you don't think he'll be he, you don't think he'll be there unless Kansas City trades up. <laughs> right. I, I think the only way they get today is if they trade up for him. Okay. I just couldn't. I mean, that's like no, that's amazing. I, that's amazing. You literally said Mahomes too. You could have said <laughs> anyone else, but it. I had to read it. I read it three times while Travis was talking to make sure. Okay, this is legit, <laughs> right? Wow. Um. All right. We'll wrap with this. Any final bets you guys want to get out there before next week? And I've got a lot to tell people about for next week because we have a lot more coming besides just this weekly episode. But anything uh, picks wise, we want to give out before we uh, before we go. So- so I got one. I'm going to give out. So Bill's first position drafted defensive line should be around plus 500, uh, 450. That's fine. But plus 500. The reasoning for this is I've harped on it a couple of times, but in this draft that it has a weaker class, it is easy to predict position in the picks top five, top 10, because we know who the best players are. But in a weak draft, there is a drop-off in talent. And I've spoken to when we get towards the end of the draft, I think teams are going to go for need a lot more than best player available because there really just isn't a clear best player available relative to other drafts. And when we look at the Bills, right now we have linebacker and wide receiver currently favored, which linebacker is a trendy pick, and that is a need, but that is not a premium position. Uh, and I don't think linebacker should be the favorite position for any team with any odds um, where wide receiver, we have, we have four potential first round wide receivers. We have JSN, Zay, Addison, Quinn, Quinn might be falling out of the first. And then those three might not even be there. We have about four or five teams trendy for the wide receiver position. So we get to the bills and their four defensive linemen are on the last year of their contracts. And then you have Ed Oliver, who might even get traded. There are rumors about. So it might not be a specific need today. But next year, defensive line is going to be a glaring need. And when you get to the end of the first round, all the offensive linemen might be gone, which is another need. Mm -hmm. But when we look at the defensive line, we got guys like Mozzie Smith, who would be a perfect fit. Keon White, McDonald, a couple of guys I can't pronounce their names. But the crop of defensive linemen that are worthy of going the first round far outweighs offensive linemen um, to me, which I almost gave out O-line and D-line because they're both, I think they both should be the favorite at this point. Uh, but at plus 500, like it is one of the few great value bets I think exists in a spot in the draft that anything could happen. That almost, I feel like every position for a team that's had a ton of success, that doesn't have any like huge needs, shouldn't have a favorite. Um, I think they all should be pretty much equal. So Bills, defensive line, plus 500. Travis, any picks before we go? Yeah, I like uh, the defensive back market, which includes both corners and safeties. It's over five and a half, minus 114 at FanDuel. Uh, There's six guys right now that I think are solidly in the first. And there's, um, so you got Gonzalez and Witherspoon, the two top corners. Uh, Porter Banks Forbes has been screaming up boards. Um, he's looking like a pretty sure first rounder. You also have Branch, the safety from Alabama. Uh, you kind of have some wild cards with Ringo and Cam Smith from the SEC as corners that are supposed to go like early second could sneak in. So I, I think over five and a half defensive backs in the first round at FanDuel is a good pick. 
Good bet. And I, I do want to mention with Branch, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but the majority of sports books are grading Branch as a corner. So if you are betting like team position, make sure mm-hmm. it's defensive back and not yeah. corner. Because if you look, FanDuel says position based off the combine and the NFL.com lists Branch as a cornerback, which every mock, everything you see, I was even assuming it, Branch is not a safety uh, for what, for grading purposes. Which is crazy. Right. <laughs> and you've got, yeah, five and a half defensive backs, both at uh, over, under, both at minus 114. You, you said you like the over. Over, yeah. I think there's at least six, and I think there's a chance you see some of those guys. You might even get seven. All right, very good. And I just want to update everybody, too. Tucker Craft, uh, first tight end drafted, is still 100 to 1, if you listened to last week's episode. So then not much movement there. That's kind of I'll shame. let you know if I bet it if it wins. Okay. Very good. I'll, t- I'll try to drive up the uh, up the highway here and talk to Mr. Kraft in Foxborough to see if he's got any thoughts on that. You can bet the draft in MA, FYI. Yeah, I know. I've got it up right here. Good. So. Good. Get involved. <laughs> I, I mean, come on. I mean, I'm, 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 I've sunk my teeth in completely here. And I'll tell you why you can sink your teeth in even more. Because here's what we got coming up on the Action Network podcast the next couple weeks. So, uh, first off. Two NFL win total episodes. So we're talking now into the next season. Two win total episodes, Stucky and Chris Raybon. Those are going to drop on Thursday and Monday. So a win total episode coming to you this week and then one at the start of next week. Speaking of next week, next Tuesday, that would bring us to April 25th, two days before the draft. We'll have a final mock draft episode with Luke, Luke Swain, who's right here, and a special guest on Wednesday, which is a week from now. Three of us are back. We'll return for our final NFL draft best bets episode. And plan is we're going to have a special episode for day two of the NFL draft as well. But stay tuned. We're working on logistics. A special day two episode of our NFL draft betting update as the draft's taking place. Day two uh, here on the Action Network podcast. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for Sticking with us during that one, a lot to unpack. For Luke Swain, Travis Reed, Brendan Glasheen, thanks for listening to the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.